0: I would like to thank everyone who supports this podcast, whether on an ongoing basis at Patreon, or through one-time direct donations, using PayPal, or dropping something in the post. Because of you, I'm able to work with David Bilbrey to create interviews with a different voice, and send him to places like the Regen18 conference, where he recorded the following conversation, and several others, that continue to explore the ways we can leverage capital to create a regenerative, permaculture-infused future. To so find out what you can do to lend a hand and continue to grow and spread the message of permaculture, go to the permaculturepodcastcom support. This is the Permaculture Podcast. I'm Scott Mann. In this short interview, David Bilbury, co-host of the Permaculture Podcast and founder of ECOThinkIt.com, sits down for an in-person interview with Stuart Cowan, recorded at the Regen 18 conference in May 2018. Stewart holds a PhD in complex systems, a form of applied mathematics, from the University of California, Berkeley, and uses that background to look for the underlying principles needed to create regenerative economies across local bioregions all the way up to the global biosphere. Stewart explores this emergence in his role as the Director of Regenerative Development at the Capital Institute. Enjoy this conversation with David and Stewart as they look at what's emerging from the research and development at the Capital Institute. And I'll join you again afterward.
1: Stuart, thanks for sitting down with me for a few. Yeah, minutes. thank you. So, what are your impressions on the conference so far? Well, it's been wonderful. It's been
2: inspiring, challenging. I've learned a, a tremendous amount. I've learned about some work I was unaware of all over Latin America. Got the latest on the British Commonwealth's engagement with regeneration at a sovereign nation level. So we're seeing you know, some huge national scale engagement with these ideas, as well as incredible, really fine-grained grassroots work. And uh, I'm just trying to understand this weaving between different scales, all the way from tiny rural communities to these large scale, continental scale. How has it been as far as connections with people? Uh, great, great. I've I've met you know a lot of people that I've admired for years. I finally got to meet them in person. Met a lot of other amazing people for the first time. I, whose work
1: I was completely unaware of and need to know about. So mm-hmm. it's been wonderful. Yeah, it's, it's it has been. There's been there's a lot of amazing people here. It's for me it's been really great just to be in the same room with people that know what I'm thinking and talking about. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in Kansas City I don't know a lot of people personally that I can sit out face to face with so on Tuesday and I'm looking around like everybody, everybody knows what I'm talking about. about. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's been it's been really good connections with people and I, that I know and I have a relationship for, for years to come. It's been a The community part aspect of it has been excellent. Good. Um, So tell me a little bit about what you do at the Capital Institute. So the Capital
2: Institute was founded in 2010 with a focus on regenerative finance and regenerative economics. And we spent eight years really trying to understand the underlying principles, frameworks, metrics around a regenerative economy at different scales, all the way from a bioregional scale to really a a global macroeconomic scale. We need to rewire the global economy, but after eight years of of engaging with those ideas, we've also realized you can't impose that at a large scale. It needs to bubble up from Mm -hmm. uh, each bioregion in its own way. There seem to be some universal principles, but they get reflected in such profoundly different ways. Mm in different places, that we've come to see emergence as kind of the the key to thinking about regenerative economics. That it's it's a very different kind of mathematics. (laughs) I'm trained in complex systems, and so it's really the mathematics of self-organization, of emergence, which is literally something that you can think about in terms of mathematical Mm -hmm. structures. You know, emergence means you're literally seeing new kinds of entities springing into being in the system that, that you just you, you wouldn't expect in a linear model. And within all of the mathematics of neoclassical economics, there's no way for novelty to emerge. It's just these equations that are going to crunch out some interest rate, some equilibrium point, you know, some market clearing of how much you're going to buy and sell, and that's not the way that a regenerative world works. In a regenerative world, there's constant improvisation and novelty and grace compassion and harmony. And then that can be expressed within the mathematics that runs the economies that seem to run the world. So, we've gone back to first principles to really say we need a completely different way to model this and think about this. And do this work on the ground. So, after eight years of, of kind of really looking at the theory, um, our founder John Fullerton spent 20 years on Wall Street, published a really key paper called Regenerative Capitalism back in 2015, You know, trying to say, look, we need a, a profoundly different model of economics and finance. He's just coming out with a paper on regenerative finance uh, next month, which we're really excited about. So, we've been working on the theory, but we've also been working on storytelling. So, for the last eight years, we've had the field guide to a regenerative economy that looks at really interesting case studies of what you know a single regenerative company might look like. So it could be the Lopez Island Community Land Trust where an initial focus on affordable housing uh, on this beautiful island in the Puget Sound near Seattle eventually led to deep engagement with food system other aspects of uh, poverty alleviation, job creation led to an island-wide dialogue and so we see this weaving where you, you know you kind of start in one place in the system and then if it's regenerative it actually keeps moving mm-hmm. outwards, it's interconnecting yeah yeah ripples of influence and learning and, and connection so um, alongside those two strands of thought leadership and storytelling we've added this on the ground engagement so We're now launching an international network of regenerative communities. So, we're supporting uh, uh, grassroots transformation of regional economies. We go where we're invited and support these kinds of system change efforts. um, And we believe that where there are two or three kind of anchor organizations that have a commitment to regenerative economies over many, many years, that they can kind of be the anchor and other organizations come and go and get woven in. So there's a very inclusive, broad engagement with other nonprofits, for-profits, government agencies, universities. And over time, you're trying to surface regenerative projects and get them funded. So we're there for kind of a long-term cycle of engagement, all the way from just beginning to establish some core leadership, around a regenerative economy, who can kind of carry this mm-hmm. year after year, right. all the way to really surfacing through deep community listening processes, through visioning processes, surfacing where the community, where the region wants to go, and then determining what those nodal interventions are, those acupuncture points, and then get those key initiatives financed. Mm-hmm. Excellent.
1: Excellent. The anchor institutions, is that similar to what the Democracy Collaborative is, is doing? Yeah,
2: that's that's a great question. Yeah, so for the Democracy Collaborative, it's often a, a major institution, like a university, like a hospital, that you know will be there decade after decade, and then typically has massive purchasing power. Right. So for us, um, it's, a, it's a little bit more flexible, where as long as it's an, an uh, uh, say a nonprofit that's got very deep roots in connectivity. It may not need to have quite the same budget and scale. So, another way to think of it is like a keystone. So, in ecosystems, a keystone species mm-hmm. is one that may not be particularly numerous or have a lot of biomass in its own right, but it has all of these key subtle interactions, like a, a sea otter actually maintains urchin populations in a kelp forest. And when the otters, and maybe just one otter every couple of miles of coastline, when that otter no longer hangs out in that territory, you get the urchin sort of overrunning the kelp forest, gobble up the kelp forest, they dissipate, and you, you have this enormous loss of diversity mm-hmm. as you lose this otter. So what are those organizations that actually have been the glue and, and the connectivity uh, we, and we like to, to kind of work with those keystone organizations over time. So, what are some examples of those keystone organizations? So, in uh, Buffalo, the University of Buffalo is playing a key leadership role. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's another nonprofit uh, called Niagara Share that's relatively small, but has a long-term vision of a regenerative economy for the whole Buffalo-Niagara bioregion. Mm-hmm. And region. And, you know, the fact that that's their vision and that they've worked very carefully to connect and build trust among dozens of other key organizations means that that's a kind of a key nodal point for us to work with. Mm-hmm. So wherever we work in the world, we're trying to find, you know, two or three of those long-term organizations that share a regenerative vision that, you know, want to help leave the work over
1: time. Okay, excellent. Well, um, we must (laughs) talk more. (laughs) we only a few minutes this morning. I'll I'll let you get on with the morning. Um, However, uh, how can people find you guys and learn more about uh, the Capital Institute? Yeah, anyone can go
2: to capitalinstitute.org and we've got lots of resources there on the principles of regenerative economy. We've got 50-odd stories about regenerative economies and we'll be switching our digital platform on next month so okay. that anybody in the world can join our regenerative communities network and perhaps work towards creating a hub of activity and thereby region or being an observer, a participant, and learning from what's happening all over the world and just cross-fertilizing that with their own work
1: in the region. And will that platform also be on... Yeah, there'll be plenty plenty of big links
2: to it on our homepage as soon as it goes live. I'm excited to see that. Excellent.
1: Great. Thanks for taking a few minutes. Enjoy the rest of the day. Thank you. And we'll talk to you soon.
0: And that was Stuart Cowan of the Capital Institute. As mentioned there at the end, you can find out more about the work he and David discussed at capitalinstitute.org. You'll find a link to that some materials from John Fullerton, and more information about the Democracy Collaborative in the resource section of the show notes. With his interest in the intersection of business and permaculture, David plans to have a longer follow-up interview with Stuart and the other speakers he met at Regen 18 in the near future. If you have any questions that you'd like to hear in one of those conversations, get in touch. Email show at permaculturepodcast.com, call 717-827-6266, or write. The Permaculture Podcast, P.O. Box 16, Dauphin, Pennsylvania, 17018. From here, the next regular episode is a conversation with Victoria Redhead Miller on the legality of craft distilling, which will be out on May 27th for Patreon supporters and May 30th around the world. Until then, spend each day creating the world you want to live in by taking care of Earth, yourself, and each other.